Well, we're back on Dale Carter's America. It's another chance for us to meet and chat with some of the candidates out there. Rachel Aguirre is joining us, and she is running for the state Senate in Missouri, District Number 8. Um, Mike Searpoy is the incumbent. He's a Republican as well. I guess my first thought was, I guess you have to have an interesting last name in order to run in this district. I guess, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I still don't know if I'm saying Searpoy right, but I am saying Aguirre. Yes. That is absolutely correct. correct. All yes. right. So that's a Republican district. It's going to go Republican any way you, you slice it. Uh, but you're one of three folks who's running for the nomination. And I guess my, my first question, anytime that there's a primary like this and there's an incumbent, um, why are you running? What do you see in, in Mike that he's not getting done necessarily? What's, what's the reason for your candidacy in the primary? We'll get to the general later, but in the primary, why are you running? Well, for the last several years, I have been working with moms and other fa- and families regarding what's going on in our school district. I'm a school teacher. Um, a few years ago, last year, I went before the school board and I said I will not be teaching my kids that they are oppressed or oppressors based on the color of their skin. I believe that every child that comes into my classroom deserves this same uh, quality education, and I believe that for all students. And so what I found was a lot of parents are seeing that our school districts have moved away from educating our children to indoctrinating them. And we're losing teachers at the same time at a mass number because of this uh, push of indoctrination versus just education. So... um, I've been with these moms. We have gone to the school board. We've gone to the our legislatures. Um, we were unrepresented in the, as a representative. We had none um, for the last few years in what used to be the 34th district. And I've been there with the moms when they have approached the incumbent regarding things that are, are concerning. Um, I also felt, uh, based on my own observation, that the, they were disregarded. And these are moms and dads who truly love not just their children, but the children in the district. Because some of these parents have already pulled their kids out. They took them to Christian schools um, or homeschooled them. But we we all still have an investment in all of our children, regardless of... Uh, them being our our children or not, because this is the future, and the future doesn't just pertain to our children alone. Yeah, agreed. Completely agree with you on that. Critical race theory is something we talk about a lot on, on the podcast here, and the state certainly has a role in that. And we've seen, like in Virginia, I think Virginia was yeah. the bellwether, uh, where the Democrat uh, running for governor basically said, parents, you have no role in this. We're going to tell the kids what they need to learn, and that whole indoctrination thing. So the state's role in that. What, what do you see the state's role? Because I, I think of school districts as individual school districts, school boards that are making policy, like in my town of Blue Springs, I think they do a good job. I'm not sure about Lee Summit. I don't follow it as closely. Um, but the state has a role as well. What do you think the state role is? Well, we just had a bill come out for the Parents' Bill of Rights in Missouri, and we have a Republican House, Republican Senate, and a Republican governor, and we could not even get that passed. That makes no sense. So that it it doesn't make sense because parents are just asking for the right to be able to know what is going on with their children. And as we have seen more and more, we have these school districts that are now, we have over 200, I believe over 200 school districts in the state of Missouri that have policies that you do not have to inform parents of conversations that you have with their children and you do not have to ask for permission. 
So w- the schools are taking away the rights of parents, and there, the, there in that lies the problem. And so as legislatures, we need to be able to pass rights, making sure that we um, support and defend the rights of parents to make decisions for their minor children. And that's their education, their medical, all of those areas that a parent must be responsible for. And so as legislatures, we are being forced now to do this, which is absolutely ridiculous because we shouldn't have to. This should be a common sense parent's parental right uh, issue that should be automatic for all of us. By way of biography, you said you teach. I'm a teacher. Tell yes. me what you teach. Um, well, I'm a special education teacher. I went into special education because I have a brother with Down syndrome. So that's what was my drive to come become a teacher. Um, currently, I work with kids in the Jackson County Family Court. So we contract with the Jackson County Family Courts. I work with uh, young men and women ages 12 to 18 uh, throughout the whole district um, that are that have been incarcerated. Right. But we te- they, they reside at our proper, the property, and then we go onto the property and we teach. And I, right. I've loved it. I'm going on my eighth year. And, you know, one reason why I love it so much is because I feel like I get to be part of the solution. So many people look at these kids and go, oh, there's no hope for them. But right. I don't believe that, you know. And I yeah. ask the Lord to help me to see my students the way he sees them. And I know that he has already declared that they, he has a plan and a hope for their lives. And my job is just to educate them to the best of my ability to help them to get to that that goal in life and let them know that this is not their destiny. And yeah. I tell my students that your destiny is not today. Your destiny is what you dream and what you what you what you work to achieve. So I hope to be that inspiration to my my students. One of my sons, my youngest, I think we even talked about this on the phone, has uh, Aspergers, mm-hmm. and you know back in the day you know, he would be clumped in with all of the other special ed kids and it would be like, okay, we're going to put them down the hall and and not even worry about them anymore. And his dream was to be an airline pilot and Asperger's didn't hold him back from that. Being colorblind held him back from that. So now, I mean, he went to college to learn how to work on big jets and that's what he does. He works at an airport in Atlanta and he's following his dream. So uh, the Blue Springs School District did that and I know you're probably doing great things in Lee Summit as well. Speaking of schools, obviously in the news, we're talking about school safety. Um, School shootings are happening coast to coast, it seems like, where disturbed people are going into school, somehow getting in and causing mass casualty um, incidents happening. I don't know that we've had that happen in Missouri yet. Um, And I hope we don't have it happen in Missouri. But if you're elected to the state Senate, you're going to have a role in, in that how do we keep our kids safe when they're in school? Well, I believe, first of all, part of be helping our kids be safe in school is the, the mentality that we have as a society. We have devalued life. We have, we have no accountability for people who do commit crimes. But as a legislature, first of all, I'm going to defend the Second Amendment at all costs. The second thing, in order to keep our kids safe, we have to start using some common sense. We have retired police officers. We have retired veterans out there who would be more than willing to help if they need, if need be, to stand guard to secure our schools. And those are the areas that we need to start taking the people that can provide those opportunities, provide that safety, and start using them. And why would we not want to use the people who have defended our own country and our own cities to defend our children? 
So as a legislature, I would I would definitely I would not go against any gun laws in or I would not promote gun laws. I am all about Second Amendment, but I do know that we also need to make sure that we are protecting our children at all costs and without going against our constitutional rights. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what we talk about a lot on the podcast as well. In fact, we're going to do a whole episode on it again. It, it feels like we're, we're saying the same things over and over yes. again, but the, but the debate is what the debate is, and there are those who say, well, we just need one more gun law. Man, if we had one more gun law, we'd never have a school shooting again. And, and on our podcast, we say, you know, how about we harden the schools and protect our kids like we protect our politicians? Exactly. <laughs> because look at the states that do have the the all the big gun laws, they're not any safer than no. anyone else. So gun laws do not make you a safe city, does not make you a safer, env- does not give you a safer environment. People who know that someone else may have a gun to defend themselves is going to think twice before they, they pull a gun out. Uh, n- I'm not saying we should all be going crazy with having right, guns. Sure. And you have to be responsible. I mean, owning a gun is re- is you have to be responsible for having a gun you do and using a gun and knowing how and the training is important when i decided to for example when i decided to start carrying a gun i made sure i went to a training an eight-hour training to make sure that i was okay to be able to carry a gun did i feel comfortable enough did i feel i could be able to defend myself then i spent several weeks up to a few months just deciding what was the best gun for me as a woman to carry to make sure I had this all the safety features and then I had to practice just carrying a gun um, with and without it being loaded and so you know with those rights come responsibilities Indeed. and that's in all aspects of life all right so anything else I mean we've talked about education and school safety and all that is there another pillar of your platform that you want to make sure that we get to here on the podcast well education is my main platform sure. just simply because of the fact that what we teach in the schoolhouse is the path that society goes down. You look at co- countries that have become communists. Uh, you look at Nazis. They didn't start with the adults. They started with the children. They went in and sure. they infiltr- infiltrated and indoctrinated the children. And that's what we are seeing right now. One of the things I would love to show is let's just read a few things that are going on even in our own schools. And sorry, I have to get my glasses. You're fine. <laughs> I always keep mine right here, I just know, in I case I need. Sorry, I forgot about. It. <laughs> so let's just talk about these are rules, communist rules that were written and read in the United States Congress about sixty years ago. So you would think that someone wrote these regarding our schools just a few years ago. Get con- number seventeen rule says. Get control of the schools. Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften the curriculum. Get control of teachers' associations. Put the party line in textbooks. We see that right now. I know in our district we had a middle we had a middle school teacher that was actually teaching a history book by Zinn. Well, Zinn is a has already said you know he is a prominent communist, Marxist, and so. We've already getting that put in our schools. Gain control of student newspapers. Use student riots to foment public protests against programs or organizations organizations which are under communist attacks. I mean, this is literally full of rules, communistic rules that they want 
to have they want to happen in our schools to get control of our children yeah. to change the whole mindset of society to go from a free republic to a communistic country and so we have to when i look at the education system i'm not just looking at right now here right now but where is this taking us yeah. and parents who are fighting against what is going on in our schools where is that taking their children because it talks about valuing life, valuing other people's uh, beliefs, uh, our constitutional rights. And then more importantly, it's anti-God. We're starting to teach about anti-God, anti-American, anti-freedom rhetoric in our schools, all in name of maybe safety. And that's one of the issues I have with the whole gun control is that it's we're going to we're going to we the government are going to get bigger by taking control of your rights and that's the problem. Look at our own um, budget here in Missouri, $49 billion. Two years ago, it was $29 billion. We have literally increased by $20 billion our own state um, budget. And yes, it's federal money, but what is that saying? We are giving our rights as a state away to the federal government. And legislatures need to stop pandering to the federal government and we need to start going we don't need you we will make this decision we will do this we will use accountability for the government the state government and for each other we will use common sense i mean what happened with common sense in our society it has gone out the door our state legislatures need to get back to accountability and uh, common sense into humanity getting back with the whole liberty life liberty and the pursuit of happiness for our for our citizens well, real Republicans would be a help, as you pointed yes. out. Both houses controlled by Republicans and a Republican governor, and a lot of this stuff is still going on. So we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. How can folks read more about you? Well, my website is rachel4mo.com, and my name is spelled R-A-C-H-L-F-O-R-M-O.com. And um, so my website's there. You can also, From there, you can go ahead and contact me. At my I'm on my Facebook page, Rachel for State Senate. Yep. Uh, Rachel Geary for State Senate. Um, so, And the uh, primary is coming up August 2nd? August 2nd, yes. I'd appreciate your vote, financial yeah. support, anything. Um, you know, it's time for us to take a stand. Shame on us yeah. for not doing what we should have already been doing as parents, as educators, as a, as a society in general to protect our children. So shame on us, but now's the time for us to stand up People need to go to their school board meetings. People need to go to their city council meetings. People need to go to their state legislatures and say there's something wrong. And so that's our duty as citizens, and we need to do that. And the church needs to start standing up and needs to take more of a voice. Uh, This whole separation of church and state is baloney to me in regards to they want to pick and choose when when that benefits the government. But... Uh, churches, the churches need to start standing up and start taking a stand against what is truth, or standing, taking against about what is lies, and speaking for the truth, because this is this is our future. Yeah, well said. Thank you. Well, America took a, a major left turn last November oh, uh, because you know Orange Man bad, and and the guy in the basement was going to bring back normalcy. If this is normal, I don't think we want it. No. Um, <laughs> and so I think America is engaged. Certainly, parents are engaged, and, and that's a lot of your audience in running for the state senate. So uh, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. And uh, we'll be following your race. All right, appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you so much.